Welcome back, everybody. Let's get it started. We got a lot to get into today. We're live from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., in my home studio <laughs> setup. Uh, so <clears throat> we got a lot to get into today. A lot of stuff to break down. NBA Finals. The Lakers are on the precipice. They're at the cuffs of clinching their their, num- their 17th NBA title as a franchise. LeBron is about to get his fourth. Um, we got we got some we got some football to break down. We're gonna talk some. We, of course, we're talking some Cowboys. We're um we're gonna talk some Aaron Rodgers and some Green Bay Packers. I've been loving what I've been seeing from the Packers and Aaron. But let's get into it today. Let's start it up. Um, big episode. I must say, <laughs> I hope everybody out there is doing fine. I hope, I hope everybody out there is doing well, staying healthy. I'm gonna let the beat rock. We're getting close to a team getting a trophy. So here we go. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Shout out to all you guys. Shout out to all the first-time listeners. Shout out to all the regular listeners. It's a lot of you guys out there. Thank you guys for keeping on, um, keep supporting, keep tuning in. Um, shout out to all the DSPs that you guys are listening from. So let's get it started. Um, where, should we, where should we even start? NBA Finals Game 4 last night. The NBA Finals game for last night, the Lakers take a commanding 3-1 lead over the Miami Heat. Um, LeBron played well down the stretch. He had a shaky first quarter, I mean a shaky first half, um, but really, really played well, came through down the stretch. So, um, okay. This this series has gone pretty much out of the way I expected. Um, the Lakers started off really, really dominant. Um, then Miami in game three, Jimmy Butler had a breakout game. Jimmy Butler had a great game. Um, I kind of figured the Heat would win a game. Um, I came into the series saying f- six, Lakers in six. Um, then, you know, I was leaning more towards five games. So it seems like the Lakers are going to win this ga- this series in five games. I think they're going to try to close it out on Friday night. Now, excuse me. Now, I, okay. So the big discussion is who should win Finals MVP, and I think it should be LeBron. Um, I was talking about the possibility of Anthony Davis winning Finals MVP and what that could do to his career, or what, or how could that elevate him as far as his status? It would elevate him greatly. But I think LeBron James is still the Finals MVP. I think he's still the most valuable player in basketball. Um, the way how the way in ways he dominates the, the game of basketball in ways. That he is still dominating at the age and being in his seventeenth year, and I know people, I know people just just hate to hear people say that about LeBron. Like anytime we're talking about LeBron this year, people just hate the fact that they that that um, we mention LeBron's in his seventeenth year or LeBron is thirty five years of age. Like I mean, it's a fact. It is. It's true. And what we're seeing. We haven't we, we like we haven't seen a player be this good for this long. So we should emphasize, yes, it's his 17th year and he's at the age of 35. We should continue to emphasize that. I don't know why people hate the fact that uh we do so or the people do so. Um any like we should emphasize that. But that's neither here or there. Um and I think I'm going to talk about this a little bit with Aaron Rodgers. But I, you know, I hear a couple people saying, "Oh, LeBron, he, he he he's having a bad finals. This is a bad finals performance by LeBron. Oh, he is LeBron is so lucky that he's playing the Heat. He's not playing well at all. He's not playing at all. He's not playing good at all in this finals." 
Meanwhile, um, LeBron is only averaging 28 points per game um, with 11 rebounds per game, <laughs> you know, nine assists per game, and 53% from the field. So, you know, he, and he can be better than this because we've seen LeBron average 35 and a triple-double in the in finals. We've seen him have all these great final performances, but in this particular finals where, you know, <laughs> he's in year 17, he's only 35 years of age, and he's only averaging 28, 11, and 9, we just like, oh, we're just like, you know what, LeBron? You have to play better. You have a, yes, yes, you have a commanding 3-1 lead. Yes, you're averaging 28. Yes, you're nearly averaging a triple-double. But boy, LeBron, we've seen you play better. We've seen, and this is what I call, this is just another great, all-time great player being a victim of his greatness. Because we've seen LeBron, his highs are very high. And we have seen LeBron uh, we've seen LeBron perform better in the finals. We've seen him have dominating finals uh, finals performances. I thought last night was pretty good. <laughs> I thought last night was pretty good. First half was rough. First half, he was still turning over the ball. He was still making some careless passes, so forth. Second half, third quarter, LeBron was aggressive. He shot the three. So, that the, you know, with, with him making a couple three-point shots... It loosened up that Miami Heat defense, that Miami Heat defense that they were playing. It loosened it up, and then he was able to do his pick and roll. The sw- he got the switches that he wanted at times, and he was able to finish at the rim. And by the way, he went 7-for-7 he went seven seven from the free throw line in the fourth quarter. That is, if, you could, if, you, if you just wanted to nitpick LeBron's game, um, and I don't, and I don't want to minimize... Uh, how important free throws are. But if you just want to nitpick, if you just want to nitpick LeBron's game and point out one weakness, and that's probably like the only weakness that he has, is his free throw shooting. And even that last night, he went seven for seven from the free throw line in the fourth quarter. So when people, when, when we're having this discussion about, hey, who should win finals MVP? Um, because that's the most entertaining discussion or topic concerning this NBA's final series. Um, it should be LeBron. Now, with this, with, with with Game Four in particular, I must give a big shout out to the Lakers role players, guys such as Catavius Caldwell Pope, Rajon Rondo. Um, Markeith Morris has played really well these last few games. He's he's come up big. Um, even the guys like Kyle Kuzma. I saw a petition going around on social media. Um, uh, you know, with 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 a couple thousand signatures. With Kyle Kuzma not getting a ring, I don't understand that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just don't understand that. But I thought Kuzma played pretty well last night and, and came, you know. But mainly Rajon Rondo and Catavis Caldwell-Pope. They, they those two stood out to me because obviously they they made plays down the stretch. Um, that 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 were that were just important for the Lakers. But what I also I have another I have another stat that I want to point out that I want to highlight and. Now, and, and I highlighted this stat last night um, going into the fourth quarter on my social media pages. And I said, hey, the Lakers are 55-0 and 0 when leading after the third quarter. So the Lakers are impossible to beat when they have a third, when they have a lead going into the fourth quarter. Um, and that, 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 that trend, that stat, it continued last night. The Lakers are now 56-0 and when leading after three quarters. That is the best in NBA history. Well, I would like to remind you. <clears throat> I would like to remind you. In LeBron's last season in Cleveland, you, you guys remember that team where, you know, uh, it, Kevin Kyrie was gone. Kevin Love was a little banged up. Yeah, you guys remember that year, the last year in Cleveland, right? Well, that same stat, LeBron was 50, his, LeBron and those Cavalier teams, they were 50 and one when leading after three quarters. So what is that telling me? Huh? LeBron and his teams are impossible to beat when they have a lead going into the fourth quarter because that is a combined 106 and one. His teams in the last two years where he's been healthy, he's 106-1 and 
when leading after three quarters. But I thought Kadavis Caldwell-Pope and Rajah Rondo played really well. Rondo and his defense um, and then his late and then his late bucket down the stretch was huge. Kadavis Caldwell-Pope, um, he he played well down the stretch. He he had a couple three pointers. I I thought that I thought that play where he drove um, on Duncan Robinson, where he had the angle and he drove and got to the basket on Duncan Robinson. I thought that was critical. Um, and and I, I like to see that from KCP um, from time to time because he look he's more of a spot up shooter, but he has that in his arsenal. And I was um I, I'm I was I was elated that he went to it down the stretch versus. The Heat's, I mean, Duncan Robinson's probably Miami's worst defender. So he took Duncan Robinson to the bucket, um, big-time bucket from KCP. He, he, he Big-time bucket from KCP. Um, and then Anthony Davis, he, he, he basically put the icing on the cake with that late dagger three um, with about 39 seconds left. That, that, really, did, that, that, that really did it right there. Um... And once again, in this series, we, I mean, we kind of, we, I, like, everybody predicted it. The Heat didn't have enough. And then, especially if you take away Goran Dragic, um, that was another playmaker. That was another, that was one of their, their bona fide playmakers um, throughout the, throughout these playoffs. Uh, and, 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 you know, we just, we just knew that the Heat didn't have enough, first, enough star power. Jimmy Butler, he's had a phenomenal playoff run. Um, he he he's had, he he had a great game three, but Jimmy Butler's just not a superstar. He's a he's he's definitely he's definitely proven his worth, um, but he's just not a superstar. And going up against the Lakers when you when they have two top five bona fide players and Anthony Davis and LeBron James, you need some you need you need at least one superstar. Uh, and we know that he we know we all knew that the Heat didn't have that. Um, and they lack playmakers. They're relying on a lot of young guys. They're, they're relying on 20-year-old Tyler Hero. They're relying on Duncan Robinson and young Bam Adebayo. Just a lot of young guys that they're relying on. And we know they didn't have enough playmakers. They didn't have enough shot creators. They didn't have enough shot makers. They didn't have superstars. They didn't have enough size. They would just outmatch. Um, and I give props to them. Give props to Eric Spolstra and how well coached the Heat are. But it didn't have enough. But with LeBron, I mean, boy, oh boy, it just shows you how great he is. It just shows you, and he's a victim to his own greatness. He's a victim to his own greatness because we've seen LeBron play so well in, in the NBA Finals. We've seen him. We've seen him put up monster numbers in the NBA Finals. Even back in the 2016 Finals, don't you know? In the 2016 Finals, LeBron led both teams. The Warriors and the Cavs combined. He led, he, he led both teams in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. That is the first time in NBA Finals history that that was done. And LeBron did that. So those are the type of performances that we are just used to in the Finals from LeBron James. And, you know... <laughs> This year, he's only averaging 28, 11, and 9. And, you know, we expect more from LeBron. <laughs> but um, let's shift gears to A-Rod. I think he has a similar circumstance. We have, I think A-Rod is just a victim. Aaron Rodgers is a victim of his own greatness. So remember, and I want to clarify this. Just, just in case I wasn't clear enough. Last year, last year, the Packers went 13 and three. I didn't think the Packers were a 13 win team. I thought they were soft um, up front. I didn't think they were physical enough up front. And you can go back and look at their four losses last year, including the playoff loss against the 49ers. They lost twice against the 49ers. They lost once against the L.A. Chargers and they lost against Philadelphia. You can go back and look at those losses and the common theme of those losses were they were they got dominated and they were they they got physically dominated up front by the Chargers, by the Eagles and by the 49ers twice. And against the 49ers, the game wasn't even close. Both times the 49ers ran Green Bay off the field 
and it wasn't even close. The games were over by halftime. It, it, it wasn't even close. So just in case I wasn't clear enough last year about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, that was my thing about the, the Packers last year. They were a 13-win team. They felt more like a 10 and 6, 11 and 5 team. I didn't think they were 13. I didn't think they were a 13 and 3 team. They got they got they got they got a, you know, they got a schedule break last year with some young and rookie quarterbacks and with some with some pretty bad teams. So, I, 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 like but once again, my thing with Aaron Rodgers was I thought Aaron Rodgers last year, I thought he gave up on plays that were there to be made. And I think, and also, I thought Aaron Rodgers, I, he, and I think, I still think this, I think he could be a little condescending. I think it could be a, I think he could be a tad bit difficult to work with. Maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. Maybe he could be a tad bit difficult to work with. I think he could be a bit condescending. But I still consider Aaron Rodgers an elite quarterback. I still consider him a top five quarterback. And this year, he's playing lights out. He's playing as he's playing as some he's playing some great football. Him and Russell Wilson, I love Patrick Mahomes. I love Patrick Mahomes. I like Lamar Jackson. I like these young guys. I love Josh Allen. But Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, they're playing the quarterback position at a totally different level right now. They're playing, they're playing a quarterback position at a totally different level right now. And um, I just, and, and my, and once again, I, I went back and looked at some and, and looked at tape last year. Aaron Rodgers gave up on plays that were there to be made. He led the league in throwaways. He gave up on plays that were there to be made. I did not utter the words, Aaron Rodgers was washed up. I did not utter those words. I still thought he was an elite quarterback. But he made a statement um, yesterday that I thought was very telling. He made a statement yesterday that, um, I, that I was not mad with. I'm actually glad that he made this statement, and I'm going to play the clip. I, I sometimes laugh when people talk about... And by the way, uh, he's answering this question um, that Pat McAfee... Uh, polls was like, hey, how did you feel about people calling you a washed-up quarterback? This was Aaron Rodgers' response, and this was dating back from last year. Um, but this is a clip yesterday, interview from yesterday, and he finally spoke about it. This is was this was his answer right here. But you know, I, I, I sometimes laugh when people talk about you know down years for me because a lot of times down years for me are career years for most quarterbacks. <laughs> I'm so happy you said that. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. I'm happy he said that. I, I'm not mad with that at all. Sometimes you got to show people how great you are. Sometimes you got to show, you got to tell people how great you are. And matter of fact, um, you got to. I'm not mad with that at all. I'm not mad with that at all. You need to tell people how great you are. Because if you don't tell them, who's going who's gonna to tell them? Who's going to tell them? Let's run that back. I, I, I like that clip from Aaron Rodgers. And then I'm going to tell you what I like about the Packers team. You know, down years for me, because a lot of times... Hold up. You know, I, I, it does help being in the second year, for sure. I feel a lot more comfortable. But... You know, I, I sometimes laugh when people talk about, you know, down years for me, because a lot of times down years for me are career years for most quarterbacks. That was awesome. I am so happy you said that. Oh, my God. That's just like, a, that is. Yeah. Drop it down. That was awesome. Good for you, dude. Hey, wow. it's just yeah. the facts, bro. Hey. See? And you see how cool he was? I got I got on my big screen. Aaron looks so cool. Aaron looks so cool. He looks so cool saying that. He looks so calm, cool saying that. Like, yeah, 
I'm not good. Yeah, I'm Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, my down years are career years for most quarterbacks, which is true. He's right. Because if you look at his stats from last year, he threw, he threw for 4,000 yards. He had 26 touchdowns and four interceptions. And guess what? That he's the only quarterback in league history to throw for 4,000 yards, 25-plus touchdowns, and less than five interceptions. He's the first quarterback to do that in league history. And a, a lot of people were calling that a down year for Aaron Rodgers. They were calling that a down year for Aaron Rodgers. And I think um, I'm not mad with that at all. Flunt your stuff, Aaron Rodgers. Tell people how great you are. Because this, this, when I look at this now, remember, remember what I said about the Packers about last year. When I look at this Packer team, offensively and defense, defensively, what have I been telling you guys the last few weeks? I've been telling you guys the last few weeks, I, this, this Packer team right here, this Green Bay Packer team, this is the best offensive line that Aaron Rodgers has had in the last six years. I've been telling you guys that for the past few weeks. This is the best O-line I've seen him have in a very, very long time. That's the first point. That's the first, that's the first point right there. Secondly, look at the Packers' defense. Their defense is it's, it's improved. And, and their defense wasn't bad last year. But once again, they were I don't I didn't think they were that physical up front. And you can look and go back and look at their losses. They I, they just weren't that physical to me up front. They look more like a physical football team. And and, and as we sit here right now today, as we sit here right now today on August 7th, on August 7th, Wednesday, August 7th, 2020, the Green Bay Packers are the best team. They're the most complete team in the NFC. Book it. They're the most complete team. Right now. Right now. They look like the most complete team in the NFC. I love Russell Wilson. And I'm going to talk about him later. I love Russell Wilson. And he's playing out of his mind. And he is the league's MVP. But Seattle, I, I don't love their defense. I, I, I don't love their defense. And I'm going to talk about that. But I don't love Seattle's defense. I think Green Bay has a better defense. I trust Green Bay's defense more than I trust Seattle's defense. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, they're starting to get it going. I want to see more. And actually, these two teams, the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they play week six next week. They play next week. So we will see. You know, how good the Buccaneers are. We'll see how good the Packers are. But when I look at this Packer team, I think they're the most complete team. I think they're the most complete team in the NFC, and they look like the class of the NFC. They look like the class of the NFC. That is what I'm telling you right here, right now, October 7th, 2020. The Packers right now are the class of the NFC. And they look like the best team in the NFC. You know? That's how I'm feeling. Aaron Rodgers this year, he seems, re he seems rejuvenated. He seems recharged. Him and Matt LaFleur's relationship, it, 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 it's, it looks pretty good to me. <laughs> I don't know. It looks pretty good to me. It looks pretty good to me. By the way, Matt LaFleur's regular Matt LaFleur's regular season record 17 and 3. He set, he has he has a career record of 17 and 3. In 18 and 4. If you want to be technical, 18 and 4 if you want to count the playoffs. But his regular season record 17 and 3. That's that that's pretty good to me. That's pretty, that's, that's, that's damn good to me. And I'm buying it. And at first, last year, I was hesitant about Matt LaFleur, but he's a good coach. Matt LaFleur is a good coach. 20 games in, he, 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 he's won, he's won 17 of his first 20 games. 
He works. He 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 he's the guy. He's 17 and 3 in his first he's he, what? Well, well, yeah. 17 and 3. They're 4 0 this year. They went 13 and 3 last year. Um, so I'm buying into the Packers. I'm buying into the Packers. They're playing they're, they're playing at a different, at a totally different level. And Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is a clue. And, and get this, Aaron Rodgers this year. He's playing some great football. And guess what? Guess what? He's doing it. He's doing most of this without his best receiver. Aaron Rodgers is doing a lot of this without his best receiver, without Devontae Adams. 70 completion percentage, 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. He's balling. I mean, he's, he, he, he's balling. Dude is balling. I got to give credit where credit's due. Some of you guys think I'm hard on Aaron. I'm not hard on Aaron Rodgers. I just I just stated what I what I saw last year. I stated what I saw last year. I th- I saw him. I saw Aaron Rodgers at times. The la- you know pre the previous two years. I seen Aaron Rodgers the year before last. I seen Aaron Rodgers give up on plays. He led the league in throwaways. But this year, he seems more rejuvenated. Even last year, I thought he was an elite quarterback. Even last year, I thought he was an elite quarterback. But the Packers, they look legit. They look legit. And a big part of it is due to Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, by the way, look at just by the looks of it, the Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy divorce, who's winning that divorce right now? <laughs> who's winning that divorce right now? Because right now, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers, they're sitting, they're sitting on top of the NFC. Uh, and, and since Mike McCarthy's departure, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are 17 and 3, while Mike McCarthy, the year before last, he he was caught he was in his basement looking at analytics and calling up pro football focus and trying to get some insight and trying to and trying to get into the analytic world but then now now right now he's in Dallas with the worst defense in football they should be 0 and 4 in an explosive offense but it's only explosive this offense is only explosive when they get behind by 20 points. I'm going to talk about the Cowboys next. I'm going to talk about the Cowboys next. <clears throat> On the next segment, I'm going to give y'all this ad really quickly. Like, let's be honest. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to get to the Cowboys. but And this is going to take me there. But let's be honest. Look at who won the divorce. Aaron Rodgers or Mike McCarthy. Because you look at Aaron... Aaron, since Mike, the Car- since Mike McCarthy's departure, and those Packer fans were throwing cheese at him, <laughs> and they told him they told him get out of here. Aaron Rodgers been he's he's seventeen and three. He's seventeen and three with Matt Lafleur. Um, and, and also the Packers defense has got has gotten better. It's it, it's an, it's a good defense. It's gotten better. Mike McCarthy's last year in Green Bay. The defense was ranked 22nd. This year, it's ranked. It's a top six defense. It's a top six defense this this year. Look at Mike McCarthy. He's been in his basement. He, t- he you know, he calling Pro Football Focus. He calling Peter King. Hey, come in my come in my basement and check out my analytics. Hasn't it, it, BS? Hasn't worked in Dallas yet. And let's talk about the Cowboys. This because this gonna let's talk about this. Let's talk about the Cowboys right here. Because um, I, I, I've been so right about this team. I've been so right. And surprising to me, I'm seeing a shocking development. And shout out to Rob Parker. Because Dak Prescott has now turned into Stat Prescott. He's no longer Dak. He is Stat Prescott. 
because he's putting up these, he's putting up, these are just, these are just empty stats, empty calories, empty calories. Like, I, and I've seen instances of this, instances of this two, two weeks in a row now, back in Seattle, Seattle, Seattle had grown, they have got this big lead. Dak had threw an interception, Dak, Dak lost a fumble, and Seattle grew that lead. Seattle started to play a little prevent. That's where Dak started to, to, you know, started to get those yards. He started, he started compiling up those yards. This now go back and look at Sunday versus the Cleveland Browns. The score was tied 14 to 14. That was the score. 14-14. But at the time, Dak was 8 for 15 with 53 yards, a fumble loss, and five first downs. In five drives. Now, with back-to-back fumbles by Stat Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, that led to the Browns getting a lead of 28-14. to So, yes, the defense is very bad. The defense is awful. The defense is not physical. The defense is soft. I mean, though, and, and you can talk about the defense all day, all day, all day. It, the defense is not, it's embarrassing, if you want to be honest. The defense is embarrassing. But it does not help the defense. If you know your defense is bad, if you know your defense is giving up a record amount of yards, if you know your defense is giving up points after points after points, then why turn the football over? Because when you turn the football over and you give the ball to the opposing offense, you put your defense in harm's way. You put your defense in messed up situations. And Dak Prescott, he's putting up these, he's putting up these, he's putting up these empty gallery numbers. Because when it's time to separate, Dak can't produce those same stats. But when he's down 20 points, and when the expectations are lowered, and when defenses are playing lax, and when defenses aren't on their Aren't on their P's and Q's. That's where Dak. That's where he starts getting all those yards. That's where he starts compiling all those yards. Step Prescott. Do not be fooled by the numbers. This year so far, Dak has six. Yeah, he's leading the league. He's leading the league. But he's leading the league. He he has almost seventeen hundred passing yards. He. I mean, he's he's killing it. You look at his numbers. He's killing it. But he has nine touchdowns to six turnovers, three interceptions, three fumbles. And those three, those, those, these turnovers, it doesn't help your struggling defense. <laughs> so, you know, everybody wants to talk, everybody, all the Cowboy fans want to talk about, oh, Dak, Dak, he's putting up all these numbers. Dak is putting up all these yards. His defense can't help him. Well, um, excuse me. Hey, excuse me, is anybody home? There's no, don't, don't butt Isaiah me. No, 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 no. Dak is putting up empty calorie numbers. He's putting up empty calorie stats. He's putting up empty calorie stats. He's Stat Prescott. He's Stat Prescott. When you, when you need Dak, when the expectations are high, and when the ball game is close, Dak can't put up these same numbers. Dak can't put up these same sets, these same stats. But when there's little to no expectation, when the Cowboys are trailing by 20 or more points, when they're going into the fourth quarter trailing 41 to 13 as they were versus the Cleveland Browns on this past Sunday, that, that's where Dak flourishes. When the expectate when nobody expects anything. When the league, when when the game is damn near out of hand, that's where Dak puts up all these empty calorie stats. That's where that's where he flourishes. So I can come on, I can come on here and talk about the bad defense. Everybody has done that. Any sports podcast, any sports uh, show that you guys watch or listen to, they're all talking about the Cowboys defense. And it's bad. It's atrocious. They should be. We should all be talking about the Cowboys defense. Because, th- I mean, this defense is bad. This defense is atrocious. 
a high, I think a high school off. Guess this give me a high school offense. Give me give me St. John's high school offense, and I think they can score thirty five on the Cowboys defense. But but people don't want to talk about how Dak is putting up these empty calorie numbers. People don't want to talk about how Dak and his turnovers and any Ezekiel Elliott's turnovers. It's not helping the defense. You're not giving the defense any leeway. You're not helping the defense. You're not helping the defense. You're not helping the defense by giving up by giving turnovers and giving and giving the opposing offense good field position. You're not helping your defense. You're making your defense worse. Okay? So everybody's hit me up. Oh, Dak this, Dak that. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Dak, 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 Dak isn't doing none of that. Dak isn't doing none of that. He, he's, he's doing all, he's, he's, he's throwing for 400 and 500 yards when the defense, when the game is over. And the defense, their, their, their defense is playing lax. That's when he's, that, that's when Dak is, is doing all of this. That's when Dak is throwing for 400 and 500 yards. He's doing all of that when there's little expectations. He's doing all of that when the defense is playing relaxed. But when the game is in the balance, when you need Dak the most, when it's time to create some type of separation, Dak hasn't done anything this year. Dak hasn't hasn't done anything this year. He just hasn't. He, He just hasn't. And once again, the Cowboys, they, they have failed to win, they have failed to beat teams with winning records. They, 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 they can't beat good teams. Dak can't beat good teams. And Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan, they haven't helped this, they haven't helped this situation at all. They're, they're adding they're, I mean they haven't helped this situation at all. I mean on Sunday after the, on Sunday after the game, it was so quiet and it was so quiet in Dallas. You can hear a mouse urinate. You can hear a mouse urinate. I, I mean, it was so quiet in Dallas. I mean, Mike McCarthy, Mike Nolan. First of all, let's talk about Mike Nolan, and let's talk about let's just talk about the false comments that Jerry Jones has been making. First, Jerry Jones came out and said, "Hey, this Cowboy defense is closer than what it looks like." No, the hell it's not. This defense is nowhere near close. This defense, they look confused. They look out of sorts. They look discombobulated. Jalen Smith, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Maybe because he's missing Vanderish. I don't know if he. I don't know because he's missing his partner in crime. But Jalen Smith, he he just don't got it. Demarcus Lawrence, why is he getting paid? You know what Demarcus Lawrence should do every Sunday. Every Sunday, Demarcus Lawrence, after he after after he get his game check, he should give it right back. Because what what, what is he getting paid for? He's getting he's just getting dominated up front. He looks soft. The Cowboys D line it looks soft. It looks soft. Demarcus Lawrence, you're getting paid twenty one million dollars for what? Hey, check this out. And I know, and I know, sacks isn't everything. I know sacks isn't everything on the defensive side of the football. But the Marcus Lawrence, since he's gotten paid in twenty in the last twenty games, he only has five sacks. He has zero sacks this year, and zero quarterbacks, zero quarterback hits this year. So he's just a non-factor. And like I said, I don't think sacks. Or I don't think sacks is like everything, but I think it's very telling. I think zero quarterback hits is very telling. Something ain't something ain't right. Something ain't clicking. And I think Demarcus Lawrence every time he gets his game check, I think he should give it right back because what the hell is he doing? What is he doing? What 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 is he doing? That's how I feel. That that is exactly how I feel. What is Demarcus Lawrence doing? But um, that Cowboys, the the, the, cow, the Cowboys, yeah, 
they're one and three. They should they should really be zero and four. I look at them as a zero and four team. They play in this sorry division, so the Cowboys may find a way to squeak out and get eight wins to make it to the playoffs. But this is not a very good football team. Mike Nolan, he Mike Nolan, he he's way past his peak. Mike 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 Nolan is way past his peak. Mike Mike Nolan's peak was a long time ago. Mike Mike Nolan's peak was a long time ago. Mike Nolan, he had those he had those dominant Baltimore Ravens defenses and it's I mean it's easy to coach those defenses. It's easy to it's easy to coach Ray Lewis. It's it's easy to coach Ed Reed. It's easy to coach those Ravens defenses. But he's way past his peak. He's I mean I mean Mike Nolan is way past his peak. And I know it was nothing but a favor that Mike McCarthy did for Mike Nolan. It was because, you know, Mike Nolan back in the day hired Mike McCarthy. It was nothing but a favor because Mike Nolan, he just hasn't been good. as a, uh, Even his last job dating back to Atlanta in 2014 just didn't, it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't end well. It didn't end well. He had one of the worst defenses in the league. It didn't end well with Mike Nolan and his defenses in Atlanta. And it ain't looking, it's not looking too good here with the Cowboys right now. But let's shift gears. Uh, I'm going I'm to I'm move off this Cowboy topic. But Dak Prescott is Stat Prescott. Stat Prescott. Stat Prescott. <clears throat> So let's shift towards um, the Cowboys NFC East rival, longtime rival, the Washington football team. So news came out today. The, the Washington football team, they're deciding to bench Dwayne Haskins and they're going to start Kyle Allen. Um, so, and, and, and by the way, Haskins, he's now the third string quarterback that he's not taking any reps at practice. And and I and I watch I watch I watch a lot of Washington football because I'm I'm in the region. Uh you know, a lot of, I know a lot of the listeners are Washington football fans. And I talk I like anytime I'm talking about the Washington, Washington football team, it's probably not in a good light. But um with Haskins, I watched him the first four games of the season. I watched him down the stretch of last year. Um, and with Haskins, he's definitely a pocket passer. He's more of a traditional like quarterback. He's a big quarterback, pocket passer. He can he. It's not that he can't make throws, um, but something is off. I I I, I don't I don't see any it quality, any it factor with Dwayne Haskins, but. I am noticing a trend around the league, and you got to pick up on these trends. You got to pick up on these trends because, and, and I've been talking about this for a while, for you know, since last year. Um, but there is a trend as far as, as far as the quarterback position, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, as far as the quarterback position where this league is heading. There's a trend. Look at all the quarterbacks that's either that that either has gotten paid or that's that's experiencing tremendous success. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Carson Wentz. Um, I mean, I mean look at Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Kyla Murray. Look at all these quarterbacks. To a certain degree, Jared Goff. The, are you picking up on the trend? Aaron Rodgers. If I said Teddy Bridgewater a bit. Are you noticing the trend? A lot of these quarterbacks are mobile. A lot of these quarterbacks can get out of the pocket. That And that's where the league is aiming towards. That's where the league... It's going towards even the young quarterbacks, even the rookie quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. You see the trend? Look at what's coming out of the draft. Trevor Lawrence, 
Justin Fields. I'm not saying there's no space for pocket passers. I'm not saying there's no space for traditional quarterbacks as far as pocket passers, quote-unquote. But it's an easy trend. It's easy to spot out the trend where this league is heading. It's a copycat league. It, 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 it's a copycat league. But look at all the – look, just look around the league. Look at look around the league. Look at the quarterbacks that's having success. Look at the quarterbacks that's gotten paid. Just just look at them. Lamar, Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, to a certain degree, Gardner Minshew. I mean, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew's having a good year. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill's having a good year. Look at the quarterbacks. Kyler Murray. I know you got Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz. If you just read those names, you see all mobile guys. You see guys that can that can that can escape some pressure and get out the pocket. With Dwayne Haskins, he doesn't have that element. Haskins doesn't have that element as a young guy. He doesn't have it, and he's not the best athlete, but he he, he just doesn't have that element in his game. He's a good pocket passer. Uh, if you give him a clean pocket, he can deliver some throws. But as far as him improvising, as far as him extending the play, that's not really his forte. That's that's not that's not that's not really his forte. But if you look around the league, that is all that that's all you see quarterbacks doing. I'm looking at some Joe Burrow highlights. His first four games. <laughs> He has a lover. He has eleven hundred passing yards, six touchdowns, two of the. I mean, and he's he's moved around. He's extending plays. I'm look. I, I, I'm, I look at guys like Jared Goff. Jared Goff is not the most athletic, but Sean McVay. He has him rolling out. It's a lot of motion. It's a it's a it's a lot going on with Sean McVay's offense. It's a lot going on. He gets Jared Goff. He gets him out of the pocket sometimes. Just look at the trends around the league. Justin Herbert, extending plays, deep arm, big arm. <laughs> just look around. Just, just look around the league. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton. Just, just look around the league. It, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a evolving theme around the league. Just look around the league. It's a is a reoccurring theme with mobile quarterbacks, and I think that's one part of Dwayne Haskins' game. That I think, I don't know if he's ever going to be able to. I don't know if he's ever going to be able to get. Um, and I think that's what he's lacking—that extra element. Because we see all these, we see all these explosive and young quarterbacks and flashy quarterbacks. That's that's the element of the game that they have, and Haskins don't have it. And you know, I, I think that's a bit of the reason why. Yeah, you, you just got to follow trends. I think that's a bit of the reason why he's he's struggling a little bit. Now, I also think. You know, I don't know if he's a franchise guy. I don't know if I, I, I don't know if he's a franchise guy. I don't know if he's a legit franchise quarterback. I don't. I don't know. But it's just interesting um, with Washington and this situation with Haskins. Haskins, um, he, he 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 was he was a backup last year, but he got so he he played a few games last year. That really wasn't a true evaluation. We thought with Ron Rivera and now this year, he's the starter. He was named the starter in week one, and he started the season. We thought that was going to be, we thought that was going to be, um, you know, the, the, we thought we'd see some improvement for Haskins. We thought we'd see that from Haskins. It just hasn't happened yet. And I think some of that has to do to the fact where, hey, hey, look around the league. It's a trend at the quarterback position. You got to be able to move. You got to be able to move around. Even Stat Prescott. You see it with him. See? So, you know, let's move on. <clears throat> okay, so let's shift to some quarterbacks that's actually um, that's that's actually playing well and putting up some good numbers. Um, and first, before I get to some breakdowns, uh, that Chiefs and Patriots game, I found interesting. And 
a couple weeks ago, I told you guys, I came on here and I told you guys, after the Seahawks game, actually, after the Seahawks and Patriots game, I told you guys, I was wrong. I was, I, I, I was, I was terribly wrong about the Patriots and how their season would go this year. I told you guys that after week two. Um, <clears throat> now, New England went up to Arrowhead with no Cam Newton uh, on short notice. It was a weird and complicated situation. Nevertheless, Bill Belichick and his defense went up to Arrowhead and and basically until until the until late in the third quarter they shut down Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> they shut down Patrick Mahomes. I mean, let's let's be honest. They they the, the Chiefs scored 6 points, two field goals. The Chiefs scored two field goals in practically 3 quarters versus New England and Belichick's defense. Okay? And they did all of this without Cam. That game was very interesting. And the Chiefs still won. The Chiefs, that score, that the score of that game was not indicative of what happened, of what actually happened. The score of that game, 26 to 10. Because you look at the score of the game, like 26 to 10, mm, Chiefs might have struggled a little bit in the first quarter and then, you know, got it going a little bit. Nah, 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 no, 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 no. That the score of the game was not indicative of what happened actually. Patriots defense, they forced turnovers. They had Patrick Mahomes a little un they, they had him a little unraveled, a little uncomfortable. Um I mean, hell, the the New England defense should have had a couple turnovers. I mean, if you want to be honest. McCourty dropped the interception. Like, he literally dropped the interception right in his hands. Um, they, they, the, 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 the officials, the referees, they missed an interception that New England had got on a bad call. That should have been an interception. So that's two turnovers that, Mahomes, that, that, that New England should have gotten, and they didn't. Okay, So that's one thing. And then offensively for New England, oh my God, Cam Newton showed his value. Cam, Cam Newton may have just earned himself an extension without even playing. I mean, because what 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 we saw on Monday night versus the Chiefs, as far as the New England offense, what we saw was what I was talking about. That was the offense that I predicted. All throughout the offseason because that's what I was that that is what I was looking at. That the, the offensive weapons, the off well, the lack of offensive weapons that New England lacks, the skill players that New England don't have, Cam Newton makes them they, Cam Newton makes them look better than what they actually are. And you know, you guys all know. I, if you or if you're a regular if you're a regular listener of this episode of this podcast, you you would know I'm not the huge Cam Newton supporter. I'm not I'm not huge. Um, I'm not I'm not pro Cam Newton. Okay, but I, I can't admit he's a great talent. And without him even playing on Monday, and and, 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 and by the way, when I say I'm not huge on Cam, like I understand how talented he is. But I'm just I, I, you. You guys all know that I can be a little. I can. I'm more critical of Cam. But we all know Cam is talented. We all know Cam has talent. But he showed, or <clears throat> he didn't really show it. But it just on Monday night it showed his how much how how valuable he is. His 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 value really showed on Monday night. And he and it showed without him even playing. That's something. That 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 is something. Um, and by the way, you know, New England, Kansas City. I don't. I, this, and this goes for like any AFC team. You don't want to see this Patriots team. You 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 don't want to see this Patriots team because Belichick he takes what you do best. He he takes what you do he takes what you do best away. He takes that option away. 
And with with with, with Kansas City, I mean Belichick's his even his master game plan. I mean, it was a great game plan defensively, how to defend Patrick Mahomes. It was a great and masterful game plan. But it just shows you the value and the power of the quarterback position. Because even with the smarts and the witty and the great st- like strategical game plan, that was real that was that was executed really well by Belichick and his defense even with that New England couldn't generate enough offense i mean Brian Hoyer he i mean Brian Hoyer's been in this league for too long the mistakes that Brian Hoyer was making it they they were they were junior high mistakes i'm not even sure if kids in middle school would make those mistakes, because that's just simple football one-on-one. You're in field goal range. You have no timeouts. It's almost at the end of the half. The one thing as a quarterback that you cannot do is take a sack. And he took a sack. Then in the second half, he has a good possession going on. He gets into the red zone. And he has a guarantee, once again, guaranteed three points at least. And he turns over the football. So it, it just shows you the power of the quarterback position. And that was that that was that was all to what I was alluding to all throughout the offseason with New England. I'm like, I know Belich- I know Belichick's a great coach. I know he's gonna have his team prepared. I know he's gonna have. I know his defenses are gonna be pretty good because that's what Belichick is, defensive mastermind. He's always he's gonna have that part handled. I I'm never gonna worry about New England's defense. You know, with with Belichick being there, but I talked about the quarterback position, and and this was mainly with Jarek Stidham. I was like, I'm not sure if I'm sold on Jarek Stidham. I don't. I'm not sure if I'm. I'm not sure if I'm as sold on him, and rightfully so. It proved my point because Bill Belichick wasn't sold on Jared Stidham. He went out and got Cam Newton, and then when Cam Newton tested positive for COVID nineteen, and I hope Cam Newton has a um, a speedy speedy recovery and has a strong recovery. But who did who who who, who did Belichick go with? Brian Hoyer. But even with Brian Hoyer being a, a veteran. Um, and, 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 and having a lot of years in this league, mistakes like that, those mistakes that I outlined, mistakes like that. As a coach, you can't overcome those. Looking at, the, looking at New England's offensive skill players, their, their offensive skill players, you can't overcome that. Julian Edelman, once again, he's, he's back. He's back. He, he never, I don't know if he went anywhere. Any went, went, I don't know if he went anywhere, but... He's he's back. Julian Edelman, once again, he led the league in drops last year. He dropped he dropped some passes. He's back. You can't you you, you can't like like I, that's what then that's all that's literally all that I was pointing to throughout the offseason. I was like, Belichick's a great coach. Belichick's a great coach. And he has a he's a great defensive mind. And I and I, I didn't I don't have any questions or I didn't have any question marks about New England's defense. Because I'm like Belichick don't have to handle. But offensively. With the lack of offensive pieces and with a shaky quarterback, whether it be Stidham or Hoyer, I don't know if Belichick can overcome that. And on Monday night, it proved my point. It proved my point on Monday night. Belichick couldn't overcome it. And that's no that's no shot towards Belichick. That's no shot. But it's more of a it shows you how valuable in the power of the quarterback position. It shows you. And that is why they get paid the big bucks. And Cam Newton, without even playing, Cam Newton, just he probably just earned himself an extension. Because just without playing, he showed how valuable he really was to the Patriots. Okay? So... Once again, we're not going to talk about Stat Prescott. 
there's a Thursday night game. Um, Tampa Buccaneers, they go to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers go to Chicago and Soldier Field. And that's going to be a pretty good game. Um, this is, you know, Chicago's coming off a tough week versus the Colts. The Colts' defense is legit. Um, they, they, they have, they forced, they have seven interceptions in the first, in the, in four games. Uh, and I think they got, and I think they got those seven interceptions in the last three games. So they, their defense has been absolutely dominant and this would be a good test for the Buccaneers offense. Um, a Buccaneers offense that I do think is ascending as we speak, um, and I think it showed a lot, but last week, um, with Tampa Bay, that was a big time win for Tampa Bay to to trail from seventeen points against the Chargers, um, against a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, um, with the Chargers, Justin Herbert, who's been particularly hot. He's been really good so far to start off the season. Um, it just show it, it showed how much better. I mean, the it just shows the progress of the Buccaneers. Um, and I'm just going to give you guys a quick prediction, uh, of the Thursday night game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Bears. I'm going to go 31 to 22, 31, 22, um, Buccaneers. Uh, I don't think, you know, with Nick Foles, uh, this, this is the guy that Matt Nagy bought in. This is the guy that Matt Nagy from day one wanted to start. So I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna stick with that. Um, with with uh, I'm gonna go with the the Buccaneers to win this football game. I just don't think the Bears would would have enough. Um, to 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 I don't think they have enough to beat the Buccaneers. Uh, I I like the Buccaneers defense. The defense, even though it got off to a slow start last week against the Chargers, uh, overall I like what Tom Bowles is doing with this defense. Uh, I think I think he's gonna give the rookie Justin Herbert. I mean, well, no, not the rookie. I mean, he's gonna give Nick Foles some different looks. Um, and I think this te- this Buccaneers defense could be suffocating. It can rush the passer without even blitzing. So I think that's a key element to defense and being a good defense. And the Buccaneers can do that. Um, so I'm a, I'm gonna choose the Buccaneers in this game. So. You know, there's no confusion. I'm choosing the Buccaneers, 31-22 over the Bears. It should be a pretty good football game. Um, but, you know, I, I trust Brady and the Buccaneers and his offense. They are definitely playing better. Um, they've been playing much better since since after that Saints loss, if you want to be if you want to be frank. But um yeah so and, and, and it, you know I'm gonna wrap this thing up for you guys I'm gonna wrap this bad boy up but <laughs> um I wanted to talk about the Bills and Josh Allen and Sean McDermott but I'm gonna save that for the next episode on Saturday the Bills and Josh Allen and Sean McDermott first with Sean McDermott I think he's one of the best young coaches in football um Josh Allen he has taken and and, and I must say. I'm gonna say, like I said, I'm gonna save it for next episode. But all throughout the offseason, I predicted with the Stefan Diggs acquisition, I predicted that the Stefan Diggs acquisition was gonna take Josh Allen to the next level. But I'm gonna talk about that the next episode. I'm gonna let you guys go. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna let you guys go. I'm gonna wrap this bad boy up. So yeah, I gave you guys um my Thursday night predictions. Uh it's Thursday night football. I'll be back on Saturday. Uh, on Friday, NBA Finals Game Five. I think the Lakers will clinch and they will end the series. LeBron wins his fourth title. The Lakers win their seventeenth title. I think the Lakers will win on Friday and close out the series. Um, I catch you guys back on Saturday. Deuces, gone pieces. I'm out. <clears throat> um, th- shout out to everybody that's been listening. Continue to listen. Continue to. Share this podcast, and I catch you guys soon. Always remember, two choices, one decision, and I'm out. Peace. Deuces.
Thank you. 